This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Monogram at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, guys, welcome in to In Game Live right here on a Tuesday night on the Sports Grid. I am Kevin Walsh. I will be joined by Ariel Epstein. It's two hours here on the grid as we will get you guys covered throughout the live boards. Of course, the NBA playoffs will have a lot of our attention. We are at the half right now with the Rockets and the Thunder. We have started uh, there now. 69 to 52, the Rockets lead. Uh, we did, if you guys didn't see, make sure you always go over uh, on Twitter. A lot of the sports grid hosts there will tweet out some plays if they're not here on the air. Uh, just before we jumped on, I went over 52 and a half for a second half team total of the Houston Rockets. Uh, and one of the nice things about that play was uh, getting a free technical free throw to start that half after Chris Paul was teed up and Harden did sink that. So we've already got a point there which is nice to see. We are going to hit the live baseball boards, playoff hockey as per usual. But let's bring in Ariel Epstein. Ariel, how are you? I'm great, Kev. I'm ready to get all this action in. I have some pregame bets already placed. And then that in-game betting in the NBA is just contagious. You can't get away from it. Betting those totals. We have the game of the night coming up later. At 9 o'clock Eastern, we're going to have the Lakers and the Trailblazers. I have to say, Kev, that upset again over the Milwaukee Bucks, this time by the Orlando Magic. Unbelievable start to the day after favorites were undefeated yesterday in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, you know, you had to think there was going to be an upset somewhere. You and I had talked about that uh, over text about there was probably going to be an upset somewhere. I did not think <laughs> it was going to come in that first game. I actually had backed the Bucks to sweep the series. And I really was not expecting that to come to a close uh, after the first game. I was contemplating maybe do I bet them to win the next uh, four, but I don't know if that same value was there. So. Uh, unfortunately, that one goes. But I do. I will say, as I saw that, it made me feel a little bit better about some of the other favorites on the board tonight. He got the job done, win and cover. And now the Rockets Thunder didn't really have a, a favorite here, and uh, that's the game we're looked at. We're looking at here, Ariel. The Rockets got out uh, to a slow start, but so did the Thunder. Offensively, this game didn't have a ton. Forty-eight points. In the first quarter, well, no problem. They solved that with a 72-point second quarter. Have you been tracking that game, uh, this game? Did you play it at all pregame? 
I did not play this game. We did have Chelsea Messenger on our show from Picks and Parlays. It's our Trusted Capper Tuesday, which is our pre-show to Walsh Wednesdays. However, I did ask her how she would play it. She liked the James Harden over in points prop. Right now, it doesn't look like it's two on target, maybe, but you never know in the second half with Harden. I think it was set at 37 and a half. Uh, so without Russell Westbrook, I think people would have been drawn to that prop. I didn't play this one, though. I thought that there were a lot better plays on this day than a close game such as this one. I think this series has the best chance of all of them to go the full distance to seven. Mm-hmm. I I like the Heat today, and I like the Lakers today, and that's why I parlayed those two together. I just didn't think it was worth going to a coin flip of a game, which essentially that's what it was. Yeah, I think for me, I... I... I think this is a series where I wanted to at least get a half under my belt before I saw how these teams approached it. I wanted to mm-hmm. see how they were guarding James Harden. I wanted to see, you know, how the Thunder were handling the Rockets. You know, one of the things that I kind of I was I didn't realize at the beginning, and I was like, oh right, they, the essentially the, the Thunder and the Rockets have never played during this season because when they played. Clint Capella was still around. It's basically an entire new team, right? And Chris Paul doesn't have that same ability to pick on Capella and try and play him off the court. And right, Robert Covington is there. So I just felt like there was it was so new. Both teams were favored today. Okay. I know this morning it was two and a half for OKC. Then Houston had bounced around to a one-point favor. And I think it finally closed with the Thunder laying a point or a point and a half. Mm-hmm. So I was looking to wait here, but I'll tell you this, Ariel. I did think we hopefully found an, an angle here of a team total for this uh, Rockets group of 52.5 in the second half where I'm looking at it, and I don't really know if this defensive strategy is going to be one that holds up. If I get burned because Billy Donovan figured that out at halftime, well, then okay. But what they put on uh, in that first half, again, you know, and the Rockets came out incredibly slow and still put up 68 points uh, in that opening uh, frame there. So I- I'm I'm pleased with that. But we've also got a, a lot of live action uh, on this board that we can hit that won't be basketball, though it will probably be our main priority now with the NBA, of course. I know uh, you and Jared on TMA always talk about how the handle uh, for playoff hoops is, is going to be massive. Uh, but we do have eight games that are live in baseball. And to be fair, you know, Ariel, you and I have now done this Tuesday slot here a couple of times. We've done pretty well for ourselves. Uh, on the live, you know, baseball card, I, I think a number of times. Uh, has there been any baseball games that have caught your eye or any that you look to play pregame? Yeah, so I'm currently on the Tampa Bay Rays money line and the Baltimore Orioles money line, which is looking pretty good right now. The O's are up 2 nothing, and the Rays are up 4 nothing. This is the first time that the Yankees are home dogs this season. Tampa Bay had Blake Snell on the mound, Masahiro Tanaka on the mound for the Yanks. Tanaka hasn't been the normal Tanaka we're used to. Not totally dominant, giving up anywhere from two to three runs in each of his starts. Blake Snell only gave up three runs in one start three shutouts otherwise. If the book who's had the Yankees so heavily favored in every game, even when Jordan Montgomery is on the mound, the Yankees are favored by almost minus 200. Mm. I had to take Tampa Bay here. Plus the line movement was showing me up until first pitch only at 30 something percent, around 37% of the bets were on Tampa Bay. Yet the Yankees opened at minus 102 and crossed over into plus money at plus 106. If that many bets are being placed on the Yankees, it was fishy to me. I also like the Orioles for the same reason. The Orioles were home dogs playing Toronto. Toronto's coming off a win where Toronto has one win the entire season coming off of a win. The Orioles were getting 33% of the bets, and the Orioles' line movement was going in their favor. Two fishy lines that I thought were really good lines to take, and currently they look good. You could get the Yankees at plus 730 right now if you think that the Yankees' Hmm. bullpen could hold up against the Tampa Bay Rays and the Yankees' offense can show through. I just wouldn't bet the Yankees right now because you don't have Aaron Judge, you don't have Giancarlo Stanton, and you don't have DJ LeMayhew. The Yankees will never get the value that they did at home with mm. any of two of those three in the lineup. Yeah, I think that that's a very good point. You know, I was uh, joking a bit this morning on the early line about the absolute disrespect 
of the Yankees being home dogs, a building that they're 10 and 1 in to start the season. But, you know, we keep it transparent here. I've not made a baseball bet since the NBA playoffs start. I don't know the next time that I will make a baseball bet will be. And it's not that the value is gone. It's just that my time now is so occupied, you know, pre-game looking at what we've got going on over uh, in the NBA side of things. But I do kind of use these two hours here to follow everything that we've got going on live because those same opportunities will still pop up. I think about yesterday I was on with Scott Wetzel, and we spent a lot of time talking about Nationals Braves. And I'm glad we did, and it paid off because the line moved crazy while we were on air. And then, yeah, I mean, that laugh says it all. Dansby Swanson with the walk-off home run, and they get the job done there. How many times Uh, did Wetzel middle in this in in In-Game Live last night? Over, under, four times. I'll tell you what, though, he was he was on it. I mean, he was he he had himself a strong show there. He's amazing. Yeah, there was it was a lot of good spots uh, that did work out. You mentioned the, the Yanks at plus 680. I think for me, you have to kind of wait for Blake Snell to leave the game if you're going to do it. If they mm-hmm. get to Blake Snell, awesome. But you've made a lot of the points there. There's a lot of important pieces for this lineup that are missing. So uh, I will not be running to make that move. Uh, I certainly won't. The Dodgers, I mean, it's a 0-0 game, and they're minus 325. Like, unless they got a guy standing on home, that's ridiculous. And, like, they're coming up okay. They're minus 325 with, you know, four and a half innings being played. Like, there's just no way or three and a half innings being played. Like, yeah. that should not be. Though laying a run and a half is minus 128, which is lower than it was pregame. Um, so that could be a, an interesting spot to potentially look at there. Maybe if the Mariners strike first, you might want to buy back on the Dodgers. Maybe, and this is something, Ariel, that people will like to do, take the Mariners at plus 250, and if they get the first run, you will be able to hedge off them. Yeah, the thing that's interesting with the Mariners, I know that the line's currently locked, yet the Mariners' line was moving in their favor despite 76% of the bets being on the Dodgers. The Mariners went from plus 230 to plus 215 on the money line and only getting 24% of the bets. This is going to be, there's going to be a time, like we saw in the NBA, there's going to be a time with Seattle, Detroit, these teams get line movement like this all the time. I'm always wondering if I should jump on it. I usually stay away. It just is more of a fade the Dodgers play for me. There was an under I really liked today, Kevin, because this game just started. It's in the first inning. The Brewers and Twins. I usually bet overs in Major League Baseball. However, the line was really weird in this Brewers-Twins game. So the total was at nine, and it was juiced to the under last night. However, it stayed at nine overnight and got juiced to the over at minus 112, yet the line still dropped to eight and a half. Then the over was at minus 120 and it went up to nine, so I grabbed it before first pitch at minus 122 under nine. So I think I like this under here in the Brewers-Twins game. Yeah, well, the Twins are one of the more interesting teams now, and uh, you know, I started to hear a couple of people start to mention this a bit more, and I think once this thing rises to the surface, you're going to want to be uh, careful here. But the Twins at home, 12 baseball games, 11 of them, Ariel, have gone under. So, uh, I, I mean, like that stat. Yeah, I mean, certainly makes you feel better right about playing the under there tonight at Target Field. So uh, I, I think it'll be something to watch there as that trend continues. Um, you know, you can probably keep backing it. But once it falls out, don't be afraid to think that it might really fall out. Because typically, you know this, Ariel, right? I mean, you you follow kind of these trends and, uh, as much as anybody. By the end of the year, I mean, they're going to be profitable towards the under at home. They've got too much of an edge early not to. But I would say if I told you from now, right, so they have 28 games left in their home ballpark after today, 27, it'll probably, <laughs> thank you, um, it'll probably <laughs> even out, right? It'll be somewhere near the middle. So I think maybe coming out and, and playing overs, once you see this kind of start to stop, might not be a bad play, but today's an under day, uh, and I do not blame you there at all. Of course, we are still keeping up with everything going on in Houston, OKC, where there are points, points, points right now in those first six minutes. 
We hit a break and we come back more in-game live. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Dow of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Dow of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, welcome back right here to In Game Live on the Grid. I'm Kevin Walsh. I'm joined by Ariel Epstein. Feel free to hit us up over on Twitter. Let know, uh, let us know what plays you guys are on today. Uh, you can find Ariel over at Ariel Epstein. You can find myself at the Kevin Walsh. And uh, certainly these days, Ariel, the Grid, uh, a lot of people tweeting out the picks, very excited. Uh, you know, we have obviously the tracking that is being done. So uh, it is a fun time, I think, for people to be. Uh, a fan of the grid. Um, you know, it was one of those things. I tell you, I was a, a little eerie. Day one, four and one, first day being tracked. Ugh. Today, I don't know. We'll see. We're off to a 50 50 start. I don't, the thing is, I don't even know the rules. Like, does, do, does my series bet on the Bucks count? Because then now we're, we're one and two. I don't, I don't know the rules necessarily on a series bet. I think today. it's. Yeah, you'd have to. He might have to do a separate section for the futures. It's Sports Grid Stats, I think, is the name of the Twitter page. Because we had a whole discussion about NASCAR and golf, how they're very different forms of betting than betting games like oh, you know baseball, basketball, hockey. Because I said you can't 
do a record for NASCAR the way you could do a record for a baseball game. So, yeah, there's a lot of differences in betting, which is clearly becoming apparent. I think that whatever bets you give out pregame are your bets for the night because these in-game bets, you know, we give so many and they're not do this, do this, do this. It's, hey, we think that this is a good line. Bet it if you want. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I mean, look, in, no, in-game, you, you know, I almost started laughing kind of when, you know, I, he reached out and, or she, I, we have no idea. I have no idea um, to kind of piece this together. And, um, and I was like, look, man, if you want to, I'm on the grid uh, four hours <laughs> a day uh, plus three hours on the weekend. You want to watch every show and track them, have fun, good luck. Um, but, you know, I'm just with, with the NBA playoffs and everything. That's where we're rolling. Uh, so, look, Ariel, the Rockets, I'm happy with the start we're off to. They've got 27 points here in the third quarter. Uh, they're actually over what was their third quarter total, but there's still a full three minutes left here. They hold a 20-point lead right now over OKC, 95-75. Uh, let me ask you this question because you said, you know, a lot of better uh, places on the board to make your money, and I don't disagree with you. But after game one, do you expect we might see a potential big time overreaction or, you know, maybe this is just what this is going to be. And the Thunder don't have the right game plan, horses, whatever you want to call it to compete with Houston. I don't think we'll see an overreaction in game two, unless Russell Westbrook comes back for Houston. If we see Russell Westbrook return, then we'll see a huge jump in the line because I think Houston would have been a lot more favored in this game if it wasn't just James Harden as the star player on the floor for the Rockets. I don't think that Westbrook's coming back until at least game three, maybe even game four. I think game three might be being optimistic for his injury. Yet, I don't think that the that the FanDuel Sportsbook's going to overreact to this line in Game 2. It's going to be Game 2 that makes a difference, I think, going into Game 3, of course. Um, I think this is just like a – it's a first game. They're getting a feel for it. And I think a lot of people really liked Oklahoma City to win this series in seven. They're the best team against the spread prior to the bubble. And – I think that they're a surprise team, which maybe that might hurt them in the playoffs against an experienced Houston Rockets team. I thought the Rockets would win this series. I just don't think that the Rockets will advance much further than that. I just think that the Rockets on paper offensively are a very strong offensive team. Just a matter of if OKC can stop the scoring from the highest scoring team in the NBA. Yeah, and I think there were some things that OKC should have been able to take advantage of, but right now they don't have the game plan for it. And yeah. Billy, I, you know, very important, right? You got to do as much research as you can when you start getting involved with these series. And I heard something that really jumped out to me where they were kind of talking about how Billy Donovan approached Damian Lillard last year. And it was where he just kept giving Dame space. And mm-hmm. of, co- of course Dame was going to bury them. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, so I'm watching this game and I'm like, all right, if they double Harden, good. Make Ben McLemore beat you and Jeff Green, and if they hit shots, fine. But get the ball out of Harden's hands. And instead, they're like, no, ISO. They don't have all-world perimeter. This isn't the LA Clippers. They don't have all-world perimeter defenders. This isn't even the Lakers with an all-world defensive center and Anthony Davis behind them. They're, you know, they don't even have Lou Dort, right, who most people don't even know who's supposed to be the main guy to stop him. And instead, they're like, yeah, Terrence Ferguson and Dennis Schroeder, and go ahead and take your chances. And Gallinari, if you end up on an island, good luck to you. And, you know, it was only reconfirmed to me that when I heard on the broadcast, they're like, oh, we talked to Billy Donovan. And he was like, uh, you know, we're going to have to make Harden beat us. What? Well, he's gonna. And right now, he's got 12 points here in the quarter. He's hitting 30-footer after 30-footer. So it's getting a little out of hand there. We take a look at the live line, Ariel. They're up 20. They're laying a 16 and a half. I'm not mad, though, if you feel like OKC have a bit more fight in them and you want to grab 16 and a half for a game that was a pick. Remember, Oklahoma City also won two out of three games against the Rockets in the regular season. I'm curious, Kev, because you analyze these games probably the best on this network. What did you see out of Oklahoma City in those two wins over Houston that you're not seeing tonight? Yeah, and and that's kind of the thing where I I think you almost have to throw those games out because 
know, you think about Chris Paul. He loves pick and roll, switch, I've got your big, and he's done. There's nothing he's going to be able to do. Clint Capella's not here anymore. I mean, this is, we're, we're, we're actually looking at the freshest matchup in the league because of how much the Rockets have changed themselves. So OKC now is going to probably have a more difficult time trying to find their offensive rhythm because P.J. Tucker to Bobby Covington to, you know, whomever it might be out there on the perimeter is they're just going to switch, 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 and you're going to have to blow by. And, you know, Shea Gilgis-Alexander in that first half didn't make a field goal, and he's hardly improved on it. He's one of seven right now for five points. That's never going to work. Gallinari's having a nice game. Okay, Steven Adams, second-leading scorer, and, you know, you'll expect him to get his touches, but they need more from the perimeter. It's going to come down to their three guards, Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Dennis Schroeder. And right now, uh, as I'm doing quick math here, I think they're 7 of 24 from the field. Uh, they've combined for 20 points. It's just not good enough. It's, it's nowhere near good enough to have you know, James Harden single-handedly outscoring your three top guards. And look at and I know the he has that bench, yeah. too, because the bench of Ben McElmore and you have, uh, you have Green, and they're scoring 15 and 14 points off the bench tonight for the Houston Rockets, whereas you can't even get a starter such as Shagelius Alexander to hit 10 points. And he's a starter. <laughs> and nobody else on the bench for OKC is performing, which, I mean, I'm not, maybe except for Schroeder, I'm not surprised. But Steven Adams versus P.J. Tucker was something that I was looking at, too, going into this matchup, that just, you know, having to go up against each other. What were your thoughts in regards to the big man, Steven Adams, up against a P.J. Tucker? Because you would think on paper that Steven Adams would man the presence underneath. He was getting, he, I mean, I saw, I almost, I think Steven Adams, it looked like he almost came out of the game to start the game because he almost <laughs> face planted on the court because of PJ Tucker. Yeah. You know, this is the thing. The mismatch that it, you know, creates inside isn't all that valuable when the desired goal for the Thunder is not Steven Adams' post ups, right? Like you'll lose that battle three to two, right? Every time. That's not the ideal strategy. And what's really alarming, though, Ariel, is they're getting out-rebounded right now. They have the same number of offensive rebounds. That's not supposed to happen. That is yeah. supposed to be where OKC can take advantage of them. And there are some underlying numbers with OKC where maybe they're not a good enough rebounding unit to really take advantage of just how uh, small the Rockets are going. Uh, we got another Jeff Green three because, uh, of course, we do. Uh, it is 104 to 83. Uh, as there's, nice. I see a tick left here before we are going to head into. Uh, wow, I, I mean, and that's just the issue here. I, I, I will say this though, when you know we talk about what we want to do in game number two. Now I might be a little scared because of how awful oh, I feel like their game plan is right now with James Harden, but 52 percent from the floor from the Rockets, 44. Uh, pretty much 45% from three. What we've seen from the Mariel is typically big-time regression. I wonder how much we see an overreaction in the market. If we get the Rockets laying, dare I say, five points, probably not. But Nate, who knows? I, I think you have to come back around on OKC. Um, considering the way we've seen the Rockets fluctuate, yeah, and I've seen, uh, I'm seeing here in the trends, Oklahoma City's 18 and 9 after a loss. Then against the spread, Oklahoma City after a loss is, let's see, 16 and 11. So Oklahoma City doesn't necessarily back down after they lose. Granted, this isn't judging from a playoff series, this is just in general. This is an Oklahoma City team that no one expected to make the playoffs. I think that when you're playing as the team that has nothing to lose, they're not going to just sit down and cry because they got smoked by the Houston Rockets in game one. Houston is the one that would have really had a problem if they lost this game. If Houston lost as a team that has essentially, if Russell Westbrook's playing two of the best shooters in the game, 
I think then you would have seen a little bit of buyback again on Houston. But there, things are going to change a lot, Kev, when Russell Westbrook comes back. If Houston's in a situation that they need him, let's say Oklahoma City wins the next game and they're tied at one apiece, I think that Houston's going to r- rush to get Westbrook back. If Houston continues to win, we might not see Westbrook this series if they feel that they could rest him for the next series. That's where my concern would be in the lines as well, because until Westbrook comes back, I don't necessarily think you'll see much of an overreaction unless Houston dominates again in game two. I think that that is fair. I'm very excited. I'm already thinking about game number two here, because to be fair, 21 points, that is a mountain overclimb. Yeah. I'd be very excited if I end up beating that, okay? because that means that we're going to get a really fun close to this game. And honestly, if that did happen, I guess that would check James Harden back into the game here. Because I'll tell you this, as I mentioned again over that 52 and a half, uh, anybody that's bet NBA totals knows we only need 17 points here in the fourth quarter. Okay, We need 19 less than we got in the third. Like We are more than halfway home to what we need. Uh, but the way the NBA is sometimes, you know, this could be a quarter of nothing but uh, Luke Mbamute and uh, ben McLemore and Austin Rivers, and it could be an ugly one, but I like where we're at with this game. We will follow if necessary, uh, but we'll turn our attention, I think, back over to the live baseball board as also talk about some hockey next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, daily show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Dow of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Dow of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball. 
but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, welcome back right here on The Grid. Again, it is Kevin Walsh and it is Ariel Epstein with you guys up until 10 o'clock here tonight following all of the live action. And then we will pass that baton over to Sports Grid Radio, who will have the pleasure of watching LeBron James in the playoffs for what feels like the first time in forever. Ariel and I will get you guys set up for that game in the next segment. But uh, I want to make sure we continue to follow the live boards here. And... A shame we just kind of missed the start of it. We've also seemingly, though, missed a lot of action in this one. Ariel, I don't know if you were involved tonight uh, in this Islanders-Capitals game. It probably depends on whether you guys had Carver or not as a guest today, and I don't know if you did. Uh, But they are up 2-0 right now on the Caps. Uh, Did you play this game at all? Are you following this one at all? I did not play it. I am following it. We had Pete Jensen on the show from NHL.com. He's the senior editor, fantasy hockey writer. Although he's fantasy, he, of course, knows his hockey extremely well. And he said that he was pretty confident that the that the Vegas Golden Knights would sweep the Chicago Blackhawks. He thought that maybe the Islanders would lose maybe a game to the Capitals just because of Barry Trotz and the redemption and the Capitals not wanting to give up, uh, not wanting to go out by sweep. Yet the Islanders look really good right now. Pete said they're definitely a top three team the way that they've been playing. So it doesn't surprise me so much that the Islanders, after the way they've been playing, that they're up to nothing at the moment. I just did think that the Capitals would have a little bit more fight in them to maybe get one game in this series, which right now the Islanders are just playing hot. And Kev, we saw this at the beginning of the year with New York. The Islanders started the year on one of the hottest winning streaks in hockey. Mm -hmm. Then they just kind of got injured. They got tired. They fell off towards the end. This is that rejuvenated, healthy Islanders team that everyone saw at the beginning of the year. Yeah, they they look awesome. There's really no other way to put it. Uh, And you got to give that group a lot of credit here. Uh, Though the Capitals, you know, this is the thing I want to say, oh, they have that championship pedigree. Maybe that championship pedigree, though, now sits on the other bench with Barry Trott. You know, we saw the Bruins the other day get down 2-0. Uh, they entered that frame, and, you know, Wetzel had told you guys, plus 650, take a look at it. And uh, if you did, that worked out for you here. And the Capitals at plus 480, I'm just not sure the confidence is the same because maybe they are starting to think about, you know, heading home. You know, okay, maybe we could steal this. We're going to take another three. So, and you don't want them to think that way, but I think it's certainly possible here. And as uh, we're staring at a game right now, uh, again, the Islanders to complete this year, minus 700. I actually do want to pull us back to the NBA game, believe it or not. And I know I said I wasn't going to, but the you can't help yourself. Thunder, I can't. The Thunder, though, do have <laughs> Adams, DP3, and Schroeder on the court right now. And the Rockets do not have Harden out there. They've cut it down to 17, obviously. It's not massive. uh, But that number right now sitting at 15.5. If D'Antoni waits too long, maybe, okay, then they can cut in this enough and keep this in anywhere from a 8- to 12-point game, which is good enough for you guys to get a cover. However, you have to try and keep an eye on it here because – and that's exactly what I was wondering. Stoppage and play, Harden's back in. Never mind. Don't push it. Um, though I will tell you this, and I mentioned this at the start, three minutes gone by, the Rockets have not scored a point, 17 points, and this is going to unnecessarily be very difficult and might not even hit, which would be very frustrating, but we will not put that negativity out there. James Harden yeah. will uh, help this team push forward, uh, and things will be good. Ariel, let's head back over to the live baseball board, see if anything has changed that catches our attention. And one thing that already stands out to me is even in the second inning, this Brewers-Twins line has come down to seven. So here's my question for you. 
Is there going to be a point in this game where you contemplate a middle with uh, your under nine, or are you just glad this game is scoreless and keep on pushing and hope it stays under? I know I'm boring and I'm not Wetzel who loves to middle everything he bets. <laughs> I'm not because I'm pretty confident in the number nine here. And the thing that scares me in baseball about live betting any type of I know you said I could middle with the over, but bullpens are so unpredictable in Major League Baseball right now. There are base, there are some teams that have really good bullpen ERAs, which I would have more confidence in than others. Yet, I just think that when I'm looking at, when I bet an under and I have this pregame bet in mind, I'm just hoping that I could ride it out to zeros. If I liked an over, I think I'm more inclined to bet in-game on overs, and I just think for this one, I'm so confident in that under nine that I would be a little hesitant here, but I understand the middle, and if that's your style, go for it. I'm boring. I don't middle, um, but I would have to see. I, I'd i have to look at these bullpen ERAs, and I think that they both, yeah, they're two top ten bullpens. If these starters can continue on this scoreless streak, these are two top 10 bullpens that I probably wouldn't want to mess with. Seven's really low, though. Um, and now you could get over seven at plus 100 if that's your style. I'm not going to take it. But it is at plus 100 right now for over seven. And I lead 122 to get the under nine. Yeah, and I, I will say um, the the idea of middling, I think more people might actually say is, is actually more boring. Then, uh, as opposed to not, because it's just kind of whatever, and you've locked in profit, and maybe you hit both. Uh, so I don't think people will blame you for that. I want to bring up another game here. The Red Sox are up three nothing. This team's obviously been a disaster. People who followed them know that. But we talked about this game on the early line, and the Red Sox were only even money to get the win. And you know, very rarely do I find myself actually liking dogs in Major League Baseball. I got you know, I'm still. Um, you know, maybe some what people would say kind of more of a public player, if you will, uh, over Major League Baseball. But the Boston line stood out to me, right? Like, they're so bad. Phillies are hot. They just swept the Mets. But, look, mm-hmm. Boston eventually was going to win a game, and the Phillies just keep losing a terrible team, right? We, You know, the Orioles went into Citizens Bank and beat them up. We saw the Marlins do the same thing. So I'm not surprised that the Red Sox are up 3 nothing and this isn't as much of a play, but to me, Ariel, more just advice for people out there. I would not be chasing the Phillies at plus 390. Uh, I'm not really of the mind that they're going to be coming back in this baseball game. Kev, the Phillies are the worst bullpen in Major League Baseball. When I say the worst, I'm talking over a 10 ERA. It's very bad. When you're the worst bullpen in Major League Baseball, something's up. This Phillies team's been disappointing. I thought that the Phillies would be a playoff contender. They have not shown me anything that has been impressive. I wouldn't jump on the line, but I would say between these two terrible bullpens, this line went from 10.5 to, I want to say 11. Yeah, it went from 10.5 to 11 with the under juiced at minus 115. This over is now juiced at minus 115. This line's going to rise. I would say if you want to jump in on this game, I would take the over 11 here because if the Red Sox already have three runs on the Phillies and we are in the third inning, this only went up by the hook. And the over <laughs> is juiced at minus 115. The under is minus 111. I would say with two bullpens that are hit, that are just complete and utter disasters this year, I would go and take the over 11 for laying minus 115 of juice. Yeah, I, I like where you're at with that one. We did mention Ray's Yanks before. The Yanks finally got to Blake Snell with a solo shot from Gary Sanchez. But before that happened, they had already let Tampa Bay put their fifth run of the game on the board. They're plus uh, 920 in this matchup. The total of 10.5 might intrigue people here, where you've already got mm-hmm. six runs. Can you get another five? The juice there at minus 128 says it's favored, but not obviously some type of overwhelming favorite. I think the danger, though, still in this game is even Gary Sanchez getting the home run. Blake Snell has only thrown 68 pitches. I think last go-around, he threw somewhere in the 70s, and I, you know they've been trying to ramp him up. So does Blake Snell maybe have two more innings in him? I mean, he's only throwing two-hit baseball here. 
So the Yanks have really struggled. And obviously, look, you can get that total. If Tanaka you, you know, just from, gave up a home run, too. So it's six to well, one, Austin Meadows. That's going to change the number, isn't it, now? Uh, so let's see what Sad. they've done. Now it's, wow, a full, they just threw, they just took the run and they put it on. It's now sat there at 11 and a half. I don't love that now. I, I'd probably pass, I think, because you can get a run in an inning. The fact that they, you know, I'm sure it was probably a leadoff home run to start the inning. Um, I would not now chase that total there personally. Um, yeah. I'd pass there. You were talking before, Ariel, about Orioles uh, and Blue Jays. Now, the Jays have made a dent here. They've uh, made this a 3-2 baseball game, though still behind, sitting at plus 176. Anything catch your attention there? Yeah, I mean, these two teams are, their starters are atrocious. They both have over a 5 ERA this season. Now, if you look over to the ERAs of this of these teams, the Toronto Blue Jays actually have a top 10 ERA out of the bullpen at 3-9-8. The Baltimore Orioles have a 4-6-8. They're ranked 19th in Major League Baseball in bullpen ERA the thing with this game so we're at 10 and a half right now on the total and this was nine and a half with the over juice to minus 115 it's already a 3-2 game it's the fourth inning I would look at 11's a lot to have to hit 11 runs is a lot I don't have interest in the Blue Jays here the Blue Jays as I mentioned are one and six after a win and even though plus 172 is really good value against an Orioles team that has a worse bullpen than Toronto with two starters that are very hit or miss this game's a toss-up to me if you just hate the Orioles, then go against them. Mm. But the Orioles are not a team to fade so far this year. Until the Orioles prove otherwise to me, this team's been resilient through nine innings. I would not go against the Orioles here, even though it's just a one-run game. Yeah, look, I think at some point we're going to have to look at you know in the mirror and say, okay, maybe this is just a just an all right baseball team. They had some guys that impressed towards the end of the season and. You know, look, they, they've had some good wins. You know, the Tampa Bay Rays are, are, are a good baseball team. And they got swept by the Baltimore Orioles. I don't think that that is insignificant. I think you have to give them their credit. I know Baltimore would love to have that series against Miami back, maybe try and squeeze the split. Yeah. They'd be challenging right now for the top of the East if they would have been uh, able to do that. But I, I think you make a lot of good points there. I think blindly waiting for Baltimore to bottom out is a lot of bees there. Uh, is not something that I'm dying to do. So uh, try and, you know, you know be cautious. Uh, we're halfway through uh, the fourth quarter. Rockets have scored eight points in the first six minutes, leaving us on pace for 16 points. We'll see if I pull my hair out before we even get done with the first hour. What a treat. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Dow of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. 
We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflategate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, right back here on in-game live. Let's waste no time, Ariel. Uh, the Rockets game is down to 15. That's not massive, but when you talk about in-game numbers of 16 and a half or 15 and a half, well, it might feel like a big deal, which is certainly something that you and I have spoke about. And we were talking a little bit during the mm-hmm. break, not only kind of about this live number right now that sits there at 14 and a half, uh, and the Rockets just called timeout. It'll be their ball when they get back. But we're also talking about this James Harden prop. That sits there at 33. Now, I'm going to double-check this. I don't believe that the FanDuel Sportsbook is ambitious enough to give us James Harden live. They are. 36 and a half, Ariel. It's there right now. Now, it's minus 154 to the over. You had mentioned 37 and a half was the number that was uh, discussed on TMA. Now, I'm not in love with laying minus 154. I'm quite frustrated with that. But I mentioned yeah. this to you. James Harden is probably going to play the rest of this game. It's just his MO. He doesn't mind the minutes. He prefers getting up the shot. The juice is a killer. I don't think you can go on this. But I will say, if you are sat out there with 37.5, you're going to get your chances. Would you, would you take the plus money and hope all he has left in him is one more three? I wouldn't. No, absolutely not. I would already be sweating this out if I had the over 37 and a half for for James Harden. I remember when I was looking at this and I thought about it. I said that would probably be the only play I'd feel comfortable making in this game pregame. Yet I backed off because, again, you said the approach should have been double-team James Harden. And here we are. Yeah. James Harden has 33 points right now with five and a half minutes left. When I, That was my thought process going in was without Russell Westbrook on the floor, I'm not as confident in betting an overprop on James Harden with a number close to 40. If Russell Westbrook was on the floor – Great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was I was a little nervous about it. And I told you this during the commercial break. I would be sweating bullets right now if I bet that. But over. You know what's funny, Ariel? Unless they so they hold on. Is it still up? No, they finally locked it. So in the live player props market during that timeout, they were all, literally and I, I don't have to go through every single one of them to, to, to get a good read for this. There were only two available markets and it was Harden's points. And Harden's three. However, for him to make one more three was actually plus 146. Uh, I wish we would have had the chance to get that there. I wouldn't have mind that one. He's going to take, I would say, like over under one and a half more attempts from him over. So I take my chances there at plus 146. So you're saying that there's no unwritten rule in the NBA where when you're up by almost 20 that you can hit a three and not get blackballed by society? 
I'll tell you what, I, 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 I was listening actually to the Mets broadcast with my brother before we came on, and the three of them were having a discussion, Ron, Gary, and Keith, and Keith very outdated, um, kind of, oh, you don't do that, blah, 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 whatever, right? And uh, Ron was like, look, I disagree. And Gary was really pressing him on it because he, he disagreed. And he goes, all right, so we should implement a mercy rule then. And I was like, you can't argue that. I think that's pretty much a, of the point that you have to make to anybody who's in on this whole uh, take, the, take the awful pitch that Fernando Tatis was like the hottest hitter in the world there is. But then we have to implement a mercy rule. And if baseball wants to do that, fine, except they don't. So stop this. I, I, from what you're saying here, Ariel, it seems like you agree. Yeah, I completely agree. I actually just asked a friend of mine who plays professional baseball. I texted him and said, what's your thoughts on Fernando Tatis' Grand Slam? He said, there's no unwritten rule. This, I'm talking about a player that played for the Texas Rangers organization for a couple of years. He played for the Yankees organization. My friend says he has like they don't get angry about this stuff. He wouldn't get angry about this stuff. His mm. friends wouldn't get angry about this stuff. His best friend is Aaron Judge. He said he doesn't think that this is a big deal. However, he said that the manager of the Rangers came over from the Padres. So there is a little bit of known familiarity with organizations. So I think that that could have also been where the comments of Woodward stemmed from. I just think if you look at any sport, like you were just mentioning, that you think James Harden's going to hit a three, right now the Houston Rockets are up by 13, right? Yeah, 13. So when you have the Houston Rockets up by that much and you still think that James Harden's going to hit a three, this is just one of those things in sports. When the opportunity is there, you take it. I saw another player say on Twitter, try to hit a grand slam in your life. Let me know how easy it is. (laughs) You think Fernando Tatis really just went and said, I'm going to hit a grand slam right here? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point, right? Like, it's just just such a silly thing. Um, I'm glad you agree uh, because the more people that agree, then the better it will be uh, for Major League Baseball. We got a James well, Harden laugh. I did see an agent. I, sorry, I'm going to interrupt. I did see an agent oh, no, no. also on Twitter who said that all these players have different you know, escalators and things in their contracts mm-hmm. where stats really matter. If Fernando Tatis has something in his contract that states if he hits over some kind of number for an average and he has this many home runs, can you blame him for wanting a few extra thousand? No! Of course not. <laughs> because also, there's no cock in Major League Baseball. There's literally, it's it's not some mathematical improbability that you score 13 runs in an inning. It happens! So, it's just so beyond stupid. Um, it's just, it's so, it's so, so ridiculous. Um, 17, uh, 117, not 17, 117 to 104 right now is what I'm seeing here, uh, in the Rockets Thunder game. They've actually left up this over under. So now 119, 104, it's 13 and a half. This would be nice. Not, I'm not necessarily saying that like we gave it out, but it would be cool to see, you know, if OKC keeps it in that range. Cause you know, that's kind of how we saw it potentially play out. Uh, the bigger thing though, now is we are kind of sitting here waiting on, you know, this James Harden prop. I know he made one layup to get him to 35. Uh, Jeff Green, though, had the next layup. So he is on 35 points here. And it's now in a spot where you can see him maybe coming out in the next dead ball, all depending. And I'd be lying if I did not say, more importantly, they are two points away from this team total that I played here. So I... uh, now, again, they should get there, but they should have been there for a while. So we've got two minutes left. Hopefully uh, that goes over there. I'm waiting to see now because we got a dead ball if the substitution comes uh, in this game. This is the, the total I'll tell you this. in this game was 225 and a half the last I saw. So right now it's yeah. at 221. James Harden makes the layup. Oh, no. So Harden makes the layup oh. over 15, two and a half, comes home. He's at 37. Thunder timeout. Ooh, oh. that might be bench. Ooh, that could be bench. <gasps> that that might be just really be it. That would be bad beat. But you know what? That'd I have to be honest with you. you. I'll turn yeah, so I, I'm, I'm following along a little bit here with this game cast. I have, I have like, first, anytime you lose anything by a hook, it's going to feel like an awful beat. Anytime, okay? But that is the risk you take when you play a player prop that high. 
okay? When you play over 37 and a half, like, think about, I always put it in this way for people, James Harden can lead SportsCenter tomorrow having, oh, what an awesome game, scored 33 points, and you lost your total by what feels like a ton. Now, again, whenever you lose anything by a half point, over, under, doesn't matter, okay? Spread, it doesn't matter. It always feels like a crushing blow. But to be fair, Ariel, this is the risk that you take when you play over such a massive player prop. Yeah, and those hooks really get you. I just turned it on my TV. I had it on my laptop. I didn't like being behind you. We're in commercial now. (laughs) If James Harden comes out, this is one of those things, too, where I stayed away because of the uncertainty of, and again, everything's uncertain, of course, but when you just don't feel like you have a good read on something, you just decide to opt out of it. And that's kind of how I felt with this game. Right now, the uncertainty is, is James Harden going to play the full game? I don't think that was in the back of my mind when I was thinking about this, Kev. I was thinking about the double team. I wasn't thinking about James Harden and the Houston Rockets being up by so many points that Harden might not make it the full time. That's what's so mind-boggling about this, and that's why it's a bad beat. It's one thing if Harden comes back in the game and he just doesn't get the points, I wouldn't feel as bad. If there's two and a half minutes left and James Harden gets benched because the Rockets are up by so much and he doesn't get that one extra point, I would feel absolutely horrible for any of you who bet this over. (laughs) Oh, yeah, listen, I still feel awful. I've lost plenty of uh, props by a hook. I don't even... Yeah, man, I lost Nikola Jokic, uh, one of his point props by the hook. I think it was over uh, nineteen and a half points, and he had nineteen through three quarters. It was, uh, it was <laughs> that was a tough, tough pill to swallow. But this is the thing: if I'm not mistaken, he's coming back out. You probably can see it there on the TV, but it looks like the Thunder have em- so emptied the bench. I'm just crazy. seeing here that the Thunder have made their switches. This is the power of GameCast. You get information that you know you can read, but you can't see it. Uh, so you're not 100 percent positive on some of these my things. And up, I have the TV. Oh, there we go. I see Harden on the bench right now. Oh, he oh gave yeah. Those, uh, bug eyes. He gave us those bug eyes. Oh, oh yeah, that's that. Ooh. Finishes at 37. Oh, that stinks. But, Man, that really, really stinks. Me... I'll say this though, Ariel, because we've talked a lot about how you people might want to play this game yeah, next go around if. You believe the Thunder will be more competitive. Don't be scared then to go back to this Harden over, right? This isn't a scenario here where totally. it's like, oh, the only like if Harden plays this well, they're going to totally blow him out. Like, thirty-four minutes is a lot of minutes, but for Harden, like that's probably below what he averaged during the regular season. So I would not be all too uh, worried about potentially going again a little bit more. You know, he averaged thirty-six minutes a game during the regular season. So playoff minutes will go up. So if you think this game is more competitive, don't be scared to go back to the hard and over. Because yes, he could play worse, but he can also take a ton more shots and be out there longer. So I would not be worried necessarily on that front. Um, So the Rockets are going to get that win. Ariel, at the top of hour two, we will have 10 minutes to get everybody set for Lakers-Blazers. And that is exactly what we will do. So I want to take these couple of minutes here just to quickly peel back to the live baseball line. Only 30 seconds, but I just want to make the note, Brewers-Twins is already down to five and a half. They are chop, chop, chopping away at that number, uh, which is obviously good to see for Ariel and anybody else who is on that number. We are coming up, though, against the break. We will be done with our number one, and we will be back here with our number two next on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, daily show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out... 
F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pot? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. They ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. In a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Bosch at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.